join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New Year's is now in the rearview mirror. By now, some of the excitement about our New Year's resolutions may be dying down, much like my excitement for Chelsea Football Club as we get further and further into the season. If you're looking for performance apparel that can help give you the extra push you need to keep up with your health goals, Viore has you covered. Viore creates incredibly versatile and comfortable activewear designed to look great in everyday life in and out of the gym, or in my case, on or off the tennis court. Plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint by offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They are utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. With Viore, you can feel good about the things you buy and also how they are made. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash MIB. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash MIB. Not only Will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns? Trust me, go to viore.com MIB and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. It's Rog. About to do it live on a crazy Wednesday, a day that began with us waking up at the crack of dawn at Men in Blazers to film with Pep Guardiola and ends with me now in a hotel room in Boston, that city of Affleck, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and so many Muises. In this week of Champions League wonder, we're about to do it live. And I'm not alone. It is a joy to be here live on AM with so many great friends of the pod across the nation, as well as the great Hercules Gomez, who is about to join us on the day before the morning after his new podcast, Vamos, of which there will be more, will be launched on the Men in Blazers Media Network. We'll talk with Herc in just a minute, but we are going to do it live here on AM. And if you're with us on the old amps right now, request a call in and we'll move you up to the stage, especially you Spurs fans, you beautiful, beautiful human beings. I am here for all of the hugs. One note, we can only have five people up on stage at once. If we don't get to you, be patient. We will get you up. And if you're not here on amp and you just listen to us as a podcast, oh, do you even PSG? Download the app. The link is all over our social Click the link in the social to listen on your desktop. You can always listen by just saying, hey, Alexa, play Men in Blazers. But that only works, I guess, if you do have an Alexa or else we'll say it anyway. The world needs more stupidity. But first, a toast. I want to raise my third first bud of the day to news out of the fast upcoming World Cup. The FIFA is musing, scrapping its own terribly terrible idea. Or is that redundant when talking about FIFA at this point? You may remember, dear listeners, they were planning to have Visit Saudi Arabia be an official sponsor of the Women's World Cup. 
to be held in Australia and New Zealand. But there's been a ferocious response from the co-hosts, Australia and New Zealand, who clearly have paid a fortune to have the tournament be about not visit Saudi Arabia, but visit bloody Australia and New Zealand, maybe, as well as some of the highest profile players in the women's game, including Alex Morgan. FIFA, always about the money, never about the values, is managing to prove it has absolutely none of the former in its pursuit of the latter. This is the time when the tensions in the women's game risk undermining the World Cup before ball's been kicked. Spain, France and the Canadians' women's players are amongst those at loggerheads caught between their desire to fight for equality and respect and safety against their own federations who in their very different ways are not providing one or all of them to better days ahead for all of these women and by better days, honestly, sometimes think FIFA is only going to change when there are more women in power across football bureaucracy. And I'm not just saying this because it's International Women's Day. This is an every day is International Women's Day issue. Oh, to that happening. And to the football, we have just witnessed on CBS proper, Bayern defenestrate PSG, star-studded night in Germany, Bayern versus Paris Saint-Germain, a night showcasing some of the biggest names in world football. And by that, I mean Ray Hudson. Oh, it was a joy to hear Ray Ray, Lionel Messi also playing and his team needing a goal. PSG, honestly, first half, made a confident fist of it all. It was nip and tuck. It was really, oh, Bayern uh, charged forward on counter. But really, PSG coping admirably. This is Bayern who have not conceded a goal in the first half of a Champions League game all season. They almost did here. Approaching half-time, Jan Sommer tried to channel in a Manuel truly out of the area. He just said, remember, he was just playing old Jan Sommer. He was there, he decided to casually, also casually roll that ball home, but the impressive Delech slid in to save the day, screaming into the net, he prevented the ball from rolling into second-half. Bayern ratcheted up their intensity. The intensity would have been lacking, really, in that first 45. First, Chupamoting had a header in the back of the net, but it was ruled out by VAR for a late Muller lunge. He hadn't made contact, but was deemed to be interfering. But within nine minutes, Chupamoting when E equals CM squared, or something like that, lashing home after Verratti was dispossessed. Great work from Muller and Goretzka, the giant Cameroonian Chupo, you know, known in England constantly as a joke at Stoke, how he roared, as he so often has this season, of Chupa renaissance at the highest level. We talked about the Chupa moting story in depth on Tuesday in European Nights with the great Rory Smith. Find that podcast after watching Supermoting tonight, his journey is humanly a wonder story to behold. And watching him seize his moment after seasons of patience is just, God, lifts the spirit, sends them soaring. A night of blah, quality-wise, if we're being honest, not the clash of the titans we'd hope for PSG and Mbappe and Messi. Ex-essentially, Taylor Twelman would say, what are they really doing? A last 16 exit in the Champions League for the fifth time in seven years. PSG, all that money, all that ego, all those empty calories. And what does Mbappe do now if he wants to fulfill his potential? 
what does Lionel Messi do now? How long does he want to stay amidst all that artificiality when the MLS is ready to unfurl and dispatch a fleet of bank trucks towards the Messi family and bring his talents to play under Phil Neville's giant tactical brain? Was that Messi's final Champions League game? Never interesting days. PSG, who have collapsed so epically, so often in the Champions League, couldn't even muster an epic collapse on this night. And it was genuinely hard to watch as Serge Nabry finished the game off at the death, finishing a counter, which was, according to Ray Hudson, smooth as a Zamboni, gutting PSG like a fresh fish. Bayern, two clean sheets against PSG, eight wins out of eight in the Champions League campaign so far. Who would face them? Another damp squib of a game at Tottenham, hosting AC Milan team who had lost their last three games in London by an aggregate score of 9-1. But Spurs, really symbolised by their manager, a weary, fatigued Antonio Conte, finally back on the sideline after serious gallbladder surgery. I've got to say, I feel for him. Conte, remember, recently lost three close friends, Jean-Pierre Oventrone and Sinise Mihalovic um, to leukaemia, Jean-Luca Vialli to pancreatic cancer. What that? can do to a human being at the same time as he has to undergo his experience, gallbladder surgery, physically, mentally, it must be grueling. What he has left in the tank, I do not know. From a footballing perspective, how are you feeling, Spurs fans, after a game oh, which was really an eyesore? You know, the stadium was silenced, not by Milan, but really, by the lackluster performance of Spurs, they needed a goal. They barely made a dent. Um, a lack of urgency. Spurs, honestly, dreadful. The highlight, a low light, a second yellow card by Christian Romero, who did what it says on the tin, lunging recklessly into Teo Hernandez. Oh, Romero, Jen is a total bull, and not in a good way. In the words of T.S. Eliot, I don't know if he was a Spurs fan, but my Lord, when you read his poetry, he sounds like a Spurs fan. This is how Tottenham's Champions League quest ends. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. Spurs season, really over from a silverware perspective. Cynics would say that was the case before a ball had been kicked. But truth is, that will hurt all the more this season because of Arsenal's ascendancy. Spurs' status is stasis. Almost certainly going to be a new manager. There over the summer, not a ton of candidates. Pochettino floating round the ecosphere as a feel-good return. The journalist Jonathan Liu wrote that Pochettino would be welcome back at Spurs with the further of a free political prisoner. Yesterday, Chelsea, Graham Potter, Judgment Day. And finally, a win for the beleaguered manager in a big game. 2-0 over a frustrated Dortmund who had won. 10 games on the trot before this one. Chelsea on the heels of last weekend's 1-0 win over Leeds, United States of America. Back-to-back Chelsea victories in name. Despite the nervousness down the stretch, they shut Dortmund down. Todd Burley left, beer in hand, ambling around Stamford Bridge after the game, doling out slightly Orcs kisses. First time Chelsea have scored two goals in a game in 2023. And even though Chelsea created and missed all of the big chances, the front line of Sterling, Havertz and João Felix buzzed and fizzed. 
Needed a bit of luck with the goal, still Ras Sterling, who hadn't scored since January the 1st, whiffed horrifically at a cross, but the ball sat up kindly, slammed home the second chance. Second goal, needed a twice-taken Kai Habits penalty. He missed the first shot. VAR interceded. Encroachment by both Chelsea and, crucially, Dortmund players. Dale Johnson at ESPN, who's established himself somewhat as the VAR expert. He tweeted, retaken penalty, the correct decision in law, if given by the referee, but an overzealous application of VAR protocol. It's doubtful the retake should have been ordered. However, after the tortuous agony Graham Potter's endured this past eight months, honestly, a bit like watching him be stretched out on a medieval rack. A medieval rack ordered from Crate and Barrel by Todd Bowley. He's now a history to win a knock game in the Champions League for Chelsea Football Club. But the Telegraph headline really sums up the still tenuous position for Graham Potter ahead of the visit to Leicester this weekend. They wrote Graham Potter takes a baby step back from the brink. The question is, is it a turning point, Chelsea fans? You tell me. Fascinated to hear what you feel, what you think. There were post-game celebrations. My Lord Potter, so emotional throughout the game. Fist pumps at the Chelsea fans at the final whistle, quasi-clop style. Headlines, desperate to say now that he's turned the team around. But has he? Can he? Honestly, I do feel for that, gem. When you think about the task that Burley has inflicted on his own club, every single matchday squad that Graham Potter selects leaves roughly 20 players miserable and unhappy, their agents causing mayhem behind the scenes. There was no way anybody can settle that locker room down. Fascinating point, written actually, about how there's a sense Graham Potter's choosing to select and give starts to the players who are the true Vipers, really out of fear. The Guardian wrote, Hakim Ziyech, that explains why he was straight back into the side after trying to leave, while the quieter Mason Mount is seen as easier to leave out. And the England midfielder's popularity in the group means his demotion has aggregated other figures. Really, the most telling part of the Chelsea story over the week, uh, last night was when Potter was asked post-game, had he met Burley? And he just answered by addressing all the speculation head-on. He just said, I'm still here. I'm still here. We'll see for how long. P.S. Pulisic back, late substitute cameo. Nice to see him on the field with Gio Reyna, subbed in after four minutes for Dortmund and looked hungry in spells. America. Big headline, Champions League chase continues for Chelsea, reprieve for Potter, at least for another few weeks back on that rack. In the other game last night, poor Spitfire Pilots last manager, Scotty Parker, fired at Club Bruges after a savage Benfica romped. 5-1, two goals from Gonzalo Ramos, Strolling through 7-1 on aggregate, Parker. He only became Bruges manager on New Year's Eve. I think even Colin Farrell enjoyed his stay in the city uh, more than Scotty Parker. But congratulations, mate. Look on the bright side, Scott Parker. You're a history maker. You become the first Englishman ever to be fired from two jobs in two different nations inside the same season. That, my friend, is not nothing. couple of quicks. Liverpool fans, try not to read too much into an interview. FSG impresario John Henry gave yesterday in the Liverpool Echo, in which he said, Liverpool will spend, quote, wisely in the summer. They will not fall into the trap of spending beyond their means. He said, we've seen many football clubs, including Liverpool previously, go down unsustainable paths. I mean, 
WTF. No one watches football for wise spending, John. Expect this to be a profitable year in the small plane banner pulling industry in the northwest of England. Down with wise spending. Enough is enough. Massive day for West Ham tomorrow. They travel to Cyprus, Larnaca, after that shambolic 4-0 beatdown at Brighton, which left them a point above the bottom three. Word coming out the locker room that David Moyes has lost it. The caution with which he faces every risk, undermining the new attacking tools at his disposal. I love David Moyes. I just say Godspeed to him and Hammers tomorrow. I am going to take your questions in a moment. But first, this is a big day in the Men in Blazers media network. The next 24 months, my dream, as regular listeners know, has always been to add new voices, new perspectives, new levels of analysis to the work we do. You know, Dave out. Rory Smith, Becky Sauerbrunn, the women's game team, Tyler Adams. Um, And we want to start to add a number of new podcasts over the course of the next couple of weeks and months, beginning tomorrow, when I'm completely delighted to say, personally and professionally, we are going to be adding the debut episode of Vamos, presented by Bud Light, a show designed to dig deep into the biggest storylines from our region with an emphasis on U.S. and Mexican football, digging deep into the world of CONCACAF. And when we decided to build out Men in Blazers' talent roster, there was one person who I knew I would reach out to first. I wanted a voice who could guide us through the dominant storylines crackling around our region with a Copa America and a World Cup hurtling towards these shores. Liga MX firmly established as the most watched league in the United States and MLS embarking on its Apple era. You can hear the tectonic plate shifting below the corner of our football world. It's booming. And I wanted to, with genuine joy, welcome to Men and Blazers and to the amp tonight as he unmutes and joins me on the stage. Oh, Mr. Hercules Gomez, you beautiful human being. Herc, how are we doing? Raja, I'm doing fabulous. I, I want to thank you for the great intro and, and thank you personally because you've been instrumental in not only bring me two men and blazers, but kind of settling me in. We, we've been talking about this for quite some time, and we've actually been doing some test pilots, if you will, you know, <laughs> test pods. And you've been a, a huge voice of reason for me and a calming influence. So I, I want to thank you. If anybody understands just how difficult something like this or this project can be, how daunting it is, is you. So I want to thank you personally and express how excited I am to get this off the ground. You know, this is something we've been talking about for a while. The ability to really get into the nitty gritty of, of what we do, this region, and, and the things that are important to us and, and almost how you can encompass or, or cross over so many different layers of European football, national teams, pop, and all these other things that surround soccer football in our region whether that's up north in canada here in the states or down south you know in mexico with football we're gonna have you covered can i just say Herc? as i said when i introduce you personally this is a thrilling moment for me professionally obviously but i'm so bloody proud to be able to work alongside you i've long admired you as a player hercules gomez when he came back to the national team for the second time under Jurgen Klinsmann, those were crazy days. Days of wonder, days of chaos. And most of the players um, in those days were um, 
were really they you know they keep their head down they try and say nothing but yours was always the voice i would seek out after games you always would say something insightful something sharp something honest something authentic and to be honest for me that times a hundred now that you're an analyst um and my goal with men and blazers is is pretty simple i do i want to develop content that matches up with all the different properties in our footballing world um, and also to do good stuff for really great people which is why i'm thrilled with you because you describe in your own words what is what is the old vamos podcast well it, it's very simple um for a long time here in this region here in the states we've been yearning for something that's ours um and i think that the u.s fan is much more sophisticated today than it was yesterday. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I remember having to watch Saturday mornings, the one game a week that the EPL, that the Premier League at the time would give us. And it's why today I ended up being a Manchester United fan. That's all the content I got in English. That was it. (laughs) And then slowly but surely you would get gold TV. I used to watch Max Bredos call Argentine games, you know, back in the day. And then slowly we would start seeing more and more content come up, but never anything catered to the American viewer. And what I mean by that is we're in an era where today you look at these social media handles, these bios, you look at people who interact in this media world and they're, there's a duality to it. There's multiple flags on their profile. There's an American flag. There's a Brazilian flag. There's an American flag. There's a Mexican flag. There's an American flag. There's a Colombian fan. There's an American flag. There's a Canadian fan. There's much more <laughs> to be an American fan than, than just, you know, what has been given to us. So this is a podcast for the multicultural fan, the fan who, who just as easily can consume Major League Soccer and Oliga Mekis team who maybe is from a Mexican family but loves the U.S. men's national team. Or maybe he's a Mexican national team fan but has a deep appreciation for what Alfonso Davies does at Bayern Munich. So this is going to encompass a lot of those different things and in a way where it doesn't feel like we're waiting to read the room. We're not waiting to gauge the temperature. We're giving our honest opinion when it matters, when it can come out. There's there's a lot of people in this industry who who wait, who wait to see where things shift and where reactions are and how they can exploit that. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be raw. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes that gets me in trouble. Sometimes you don't agree with me, but that's fine. We're going to have dialogue about it. Um, and, and just to go in a little bit in depth uh, or detail, tomorrow's episode, Please. the news of Nguchi Wei, you came out and he's going to be a candidate or he is a candidate um, Doug McIntyre, a colleague at Fox Sports, reporting that he's a candidate for the U.S. men's national team or U.S. soccer sporting director, I should say. And and the reaction to said room and how we feel about it and why is is it really surprising? Is he qualified? And and is he part of the old boy regime? And is is it a conflict of interest? All these things we're going to get to touch on. And in the same episode, you're going to find out what Chivas is. And why is it a surprise that Chivas is doing well, even though they're one of the most popular brands in Latin America? So it's full, in-depth. We'll, we'll even, we'll, you know, I like to gamble. Maybe we'll even give you some gambling in there. But it's, it's, it's what's of interest to me. It's what's of interest to people uh, in this country. And maybe some of that won't be of interest. But I guarantee if you listen, maybe you're intrigued. I will say, Herc, you do not come alone. Um, you come with a producer, Juan Castro, who we are elated to add to the 
Um, Men in Blazers, a team which is small but mighty and just growing with, uh, I think, a passion that's reflected by our audience. But the thing I'm most excited about, this audience, this conversation, this approach, this to me is the future of, I mean, you are the future of, of American football. Um, in the United States of America. I'm utterly uh, giddy about this. For, uh, again, as I say, when you used to stand there in the mix zone at US Games, just talking with honesty and insight, anyone who's seen you as a broadcaster now post-playing career, um, I mean, to me, you're independent-minded, you're well-informed, you're analytical. Um, in key moments, I know I always seek your voice. When we want to go deep, Dear listeners, you know this on Men in Blazers, on Matters Conquer Calf Hooker has always been my go-to guest. The last question for you, because I know it's been a long day and you must be bloody shattered. Just in your own mind, who are the influences for you as a broadcaster that have shaped you? And can you describe your style in your um, as you think about it? That's that's a great question. Um, because I, I grew up listening to Spanish broadcasters to spanish commentators i grew up in an era where debate um was embraced and and it wasn't so much you wait to finish your idea and then i'll go it's it's like when you're around your family whether it's thanksgiving or it's christmas at least in my household it's gonna get loud and you're not always going to agree that's kind of the the content that i've consumed my whole life and slowly but surely i've been kind of letting it out there on different platforms and the people have responded to it. I, I think there's a lot of us who grew up the same way and it doesn't, you don't have to be Latino. You don't have to be, you know, uh, of Mexican American heritage. There are different, there are different cultures that experience the same thing. So, you know, I get to work with some of these guys at ESPN on the daily on ESPN Deportes, David Feitlis and Jose Ramon, you know, Fernandez. Um, but then you also have some of those guys, like I mentioned, Max Bredos, Max Bredos, like I grew up watching the guy and there's a sense of entertainment with him. Raj, Raj, I remember talking to you before I went to the World Cup in South Africa. And I remember you guys. I remember men in blazers. I remember like wanting to be in the interview. One of the things in this industry that we get caught up on as, as broadcasters, communicators, is we 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 sometimes make it stuffy. We sometimes make it about ourselves and it's not it's about the guest and you guys always made it that way so it stuck with me athletes will give you something if you ask the right things if you unlock where they want to go i i think i want to take us into that journey in some way shape or form everybody that i've worked with has has shaped me i'm still i'm still learning in this trust me rod you and i have spoken about this um as when this podcast starts uh, we're very excited but day one the first show to the hundredth show will be very different. And hopefully I will grow as a broadcaster. I will grow as a host. I will grow with, with your tutelage and your honesty. And honestly, you, you holding me accountable. So I will continue to grow, but I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I really am. You are a beautiful human being. And just for the record, when I was laughing, when you mentioned Max Bretos, I was not laughing at Max Bretos. Honestly, we are all in a way standing on Max Bretos's shoulders. That gentleman, what they did up there, and OG soccer fans will probably be nodding as they're listening to this. And there was once a time when there was almost no football on any network. And Fox Soccer Channel was a remote network 
broadcast out somewhere, somewhere in Canada. Was it Winnipeg? And they had a show on nightly Fox Soccer News. And Max Bretos was one of the hosts. In those days, they had all of the rights. They'd be like, and we're going to yep. take you to the Portuguese League. And now we're going to go to the Ukrainian League. Big news. And it was amazing. And that gentleman, we all owe him an incredible bloody debt of thanks. And I'm so happy to watch him uh, do his stuff still thriving on Apple. God bless you, Max Bretos, in every regard. And Herc, we're so grateful, we're so proud to help bring this podcast to the world. Can't wait for it to hit our pod feed tomorrow. Vamos, presented by Bud Light, GFOPs, go in there. It's going to be on its own independent feed soon. Subscribe, rate, review, share. Look for Vamos everywhere you get your podcast. Herc, as we like to say here, thank you, you beautiful human being. Courage. I appreciate that, Raj. When we see each other, Bud Light on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big and generous human being. Godspeed, Herc. Thank you, mate. And now, oh, to the question and answer portion of the show. GFOPs, you know the drill. If you've got a question about anything, be it the Champions League tonight, be it the reverberations of Manchester United's beat down against Liverpool, be it about US soccer and their oh, oh so quiet search for. Well, pretty well every senior position on the men's side. Price Picks is the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states across the country, including so many of my favourites, California, Texas and Georgia. Godspeed, Georgia. I'm hungry for a dozen lemon pepper wet. But back to Price Picks. We've been hearing from so many WGFOPs who are loving double P, Pablo Picasso, Price Picks, which allows them to win up to 25 times their money for the soccer season. Is a reason I do appreciate Price Picks because it's simple. During the Premier League match days, I've got roughly 239 tabs on my computer open as we attempt to work out our social media, the pod rundown, the upcoming interview. You get the drift. But because Price Picks is easy to play, I'm not having to constantly click to see how my gents are doing or how many certain actions are worth. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That is how easy it can be. You also mix and match players from several leagues across the globe. Luca De La Torre, I'm looking at you, as well as other sports like basketball oh, and hockey. Oh, the Capitals. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. It's promo code MIB. Prize picks. Pick more or pick less. It's that easy. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Let's dive in. Come onto stage and join us. Stage... Oh. First question from the great Andrew Millington, old friend. Oh, suffering, no doubt, at the moment as an Evertonian. Welcome back, Andrew Millington. Remind us where you're from and what your question is. Uh, happy to be back, Raj. Thank you so much. Uh, Andrew Millington from Corpus Christi. And 
there are some rumors on Twitter, as there always are, about you know imminent Everton takeover or shareholder buys or anything like that. And the most recent one that I saw was MSP Capital or Mr. Najafi from MSP Capital. Apparently, talks have fizzled with Spurs ownership, and they're now setting their sights on somebody a bit cheaper, enter Everton. And I was going to ask, one, is there any legs to that rumor? And two, if so, if there was a buyout, complete reset, FFP uh, resolved, all good to go, would you take going down in order to secure a completely new board and leadership group? Or would you rather try and cling to life with what we've got? Because it doesn't seem like Mashiri wants to sell with, you know, pen, um, sanctions and Usmanov links and all that. Yeah, this is a complicated technical one. Andrew Millington. So Everton Football Club, we've talked about them a lot on Men in Blazers. They says you do not have a pot to piss in. You know, dear listeners, how important money is in terms of final position in the Premier League, and Everton have so bloody little of it. Um, When Ukraine was invaded, the devastation was massive, um, obviously, and tiny, tiny knock-on effects, nothing compared to what has happened to the people, the cities, the towns, the villages of Ukraine. Uh, But the first oligarch to be sanctioned by Britain was a man, Usmanov, who had long tried to take over Arsenal to know effect and had decamped, put his target on Everton Football Club, an oil gent, very close to Putin. Uh, He couldn't take over the club. He still had to pass the fit and proper test that the English Premier League professes it has with new owners. And so he installed his partner, this gentleman, Mashiri, an Iranian um, Englishman, who was really the front. All the money was Usmanov's, the, the sponsorship deals that poured into Everton, a huge amount. I can't remember the exact percentage but I, I, I think, and I'm going to have to relook this up, don't hold me to this, about 40% of Everton's commercial income came from Usmanov sponsorship. Um, and when they were sanctioned, they had to shed that almost overnight. And Mashiri is suddenly from like a powerful gentleman who was having a laugh, um, you know, over um, just buying Balassi for 25 million. So yeah, I, I, I heard about negotiations with Mashiri from one club where they said it was a protracted, this is kind of incredible, a protracted um, negotiation for a player, the club's star player, in came Mashiri, he was effing them around. And the club turned around to Everton and said, listen, we're sick of this. 40 million is our price. Take it or leave it. Or leave it. And Mashiri came back the next day and said, 45 million, as he started to negotiate it against himself. So this guy... More money than sense. The money was Usmanov. Once Usmanov was severed after the invasion of Ukraine, Everton have nothing. Um, you know, we have an old board of lackeys who've been around the club for the longest time and have not changed, who think they know everything, don't know anything. So really what you're asking, would I go down to shed that skin? Um, and it's a bloody difficult question, Andrew Millington, because it's a rational question. Um, it's a gambling question. It's a massive risk implicit in your analysis is once you go down with smart brains and smart money, you will come right back up again and shed all its dark and, and gain strategy, light, finance, rippled muscle. What's dead may never die. Honestly, call me old fashioned. Call me insane. 
But to me, you know, I don't remember. Is the is, do you want the bird in the hand or the bird in the bush? Is that what you're asking? And I'm always a bird in the hand, gentlemen. I cling on to Premier League life. The fact that we've never gone down um, for the longest period of time, that we've always been in the Premier League, that Everton are always... We, we turn up. That's what we do. That's our bloody silverware, Andrew Millington. Um, and I do fear... I mean, you're, you're, you're painting a massive hypothetical, which in your situ, is it a smart American? And we've seen lots of smart Americans. We've seen lots of idiotic Americans is going to come in and take Everton. And here's the reality with Everton. And this is why the Tottenham to Everton thing does not make a lot of sense to me. The investors all want a big club. It's why Qatar went to PSG. PSG was a terrible club, rotten. Nothing, a backwater of violence and anger and hate and fighting amongst their own fans. But they realize Paris, that's a massive brand. You can do business in Paris. Paris, you can do commercial business, you can do brand business. London is the same. A London club is a premium. The players, the best players want to be there. The players' partners want to be there. The big business is in London. The more north you go, the land, you know, it thins out. I've spoken to a lot of investors who've sniffed around Derby County and are quite fascinated, the Americans, by Derby County until they get to Derby for the first time. And they're like, holy crap, what is this place? It feels like I've arrived in the Middle Ages. And Liverpool's a fantastic city. I think you've been there, Andrew Millington. So you know that. But commercially, Liverpool, Manchester United, they're sucking up almost all of the commercial revenue. Manchester City, I mean, almost all of their sponsors uh, coincidentally come from Abu Dhabi. So there's not that same commercial might. And so Everton are always going to be less interesting to investors. I'm telling you this long-windedly because the investors that I've spoken to who are interested in Everton Football Club are qualitatively less um, than the, the, the investors I've spoken to who are sniffing around the likes of Tottenham, who are sniffing around even the likes of West Ham. You know, those London clubs, it's just a different cream, a different calibre. And so short answer is no. We fight, we fight, we cling to life. We never leave our trench, no matter the amount of wounded, the suffering, the trauma that surrounds us. I do not want to go down. Mashiri cannot stay. There has to be new owners. Part of him emotionally wants to stick around. We have this new stadium. I think part of it is just that pathetic impulse um, to be there when they cut the ribbon on the new stadium, that is the impulse that's keeping him there. Financially, there is not a chance that gentleman can stick around unaided. So I'm praying, ultimately I'm praying for a miracle. I don't truly believe uh, right now, rationally, that Everton stand too much of a chance. I, I, I feel sick every time. I watched, was it ESPN FC? Or was it Sky Sports? We're like, Everton, I feel for them. They've got fight. They've got the right direction under Sean Deitch. They're going to be fine. I don't feel that. I don't see it. Um, yeah. Andrew Millington, how do, you imagery, it? How, do you, how do you feel it? I mean, do, I, how well, confident well, are you? Thank you for the imagery of Goodison as the psalm. I really appreciate that. That's great. Um, you, you've been there. Yeah. No, um, I would say my fear is if we stay up, this board learns all the wrong lessons again that we're too big to fail and this decision to spend no money in January was completely a justified gamble and nothing will ever change. That's my concern. Your arm off for the board to learn none of their lessons again, Andrew. When that happens, I'm going to raise a beer.
you and all the Everton fans on a Zoom, my friend. That is a beautiful image. Godspeed. Oh, at JP Shoffock 12, unmute. Come be with us. Tell us where you are and what's your question. I think we've had a Jesse Syke unmuting. So if you're there, Jesse Syke, come on up. Remind yeah. us where you are. Hey, Raj. Jen Sykes from Hillsborough, North Carolina. And this summer looks like it's going to be great for soccer in the triangle. And my um, question thank is... You, thank you for giving us the weather report, Jen Sykes. <laughs> from a footballing perspective, what is your question? Right. Um, so there are two big things supposedly coming to the general Chapel Hill, Raleigh, Durham area. One is the rumored Chelsea Wrexham game. Um, but on top of that, there is something that called the soccer tournament that has Wrexham and Wolverhampton in it. Um, and I've had some people ask me about this and I have no idea how to answer it. What in the world is this thing that has something called Team Dempsey in it? And from yes. what I could Google, Heather O'Reilly running like retired American women's national team players. Yes. Um, you, get, but, you get me more and more excited. Team Dempsey, Heather, Heather O'Reilly, Heather O'Reilly and retired American team players. Keep going. I can tell you exactly what it is. That's not what I'm asking. Does anyone else know anything about it? I, other do. Than I do. I do. I do. I, I do. All I, I know is apparently Ryan Reynolds will be playing for Rexon because my parents made me go buy them tickets for it. <laughs> it's amazing it is incredible we are in a we are in a realm where if ted lasso is coming back um next week um you know welcome to Wrexham is just it's just a massive powerhouse um brand and those are those are two of the most powerful football cultural juggernauts that we have produced in north america um, I mean, it's a really, it's a, it's just a moment, a confluence. It's a, it's a, it's like a Jake Paul, Logan Paul boxing moment of, of, of surreal reality. It's fascinating hearing my friend Jim Curtin talk about how Ted Lasso has been so powerful. It set the cause of, of us coaches back by 20 years from, from the perception in Europe. I think it's all bloody fascinating. The tournament you're referring to, it's essentially um, like a basketball hoops tournament um, where anybody can participate a million dollars for the winner, winner take all. Um, and it, they're trying to create that format, um, get a broadcast deal. I think it's seven on seven. I think I can't remember uh, what it was. Um, and Godspeed to it. It's entrepreneurs trying to create, you know, rub sticks to fire and grow or, or take advantage of the passion for this sport um, in America, coming down to that incredible hotbed, the Wrexham Chelsea game, I mean, just incredible, just truly, truly incredible. This is where we are right now, and this is a fascinating, again, fascinating cultural moment. Jen Sykes, you know, um, the ICC, the International uh, Champions, whatever it was called, that tournament that you know, paid a lot of money to the Barca's, the Real Madrid's, the Chelsea's, but also the Villarreal's, the the the, the uh, Sevillas, the AC Milan's to come over and play on our shores and huge audiences. I, I, I was in Miami when Real Madrid played Chelsea. I, I sat in in the Miami Stadium, a massive, massive crowd. Uh, but I also saw Everton as part of the ICC. I think we played Valencia. Um, and it was near empty. I've, I've been to watch it, um, a number of middling 
um, Premier League teams tour America to almost empty state. But there's so much football available. The American audience knows the difference almost between everything and nothing now and doesn't just turn up for anything. But Wrexham, Wrexham are a juggernaut. Wrexham are a juggernaut brand um, and will play Chelsea on these shores in the United States of America. And make it that what you will. I will say I'm thrilled for the people of Wrexham. That is an incredible, I mean, what they are experiencing, watching their team come on tour to America, playing Chelsea, playing mighty Chelsea with no fear. We are mighty Wrexham. Um, ultimately, I guess that's the joy of this story and the growth um, of the game, the, the Wrexham story and Wrexham Nation and the way Ro- I will say this, I spoke to a number of a number of people in the entertainment industry who are trying to buy teams um, or buy into teams and get TV deals. The thing I marvel about what Rob and, um, uh, 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 and Ryan have done, there's many things I marvel about. Um, and the number one, simply they were first. Brilliant vision, brilliant execution. But number two, and most importantly, they've done it with a real humility. They've done it with a real gravity, a real respect for place. Wrexham is a beautiful place. North Wales is stunning. There's so much history, there's so much tradition. And I really do, above all, respect uh, the way that Robin and Ryan have have come in with a real humility and put the the place first, the fans first, the, the club's history first. Um, and just that that's a hard thing to do when you have the heavyweight, the platform that they do. And I, I really do huge respect for it. And I think they will be the first of many. And God bless North Carolina, the football epicenter this summer um, for Rex and Chelsea, which is a legit moment. Uh, for football in complex ways, for modern football in wonderful and complex ways. And and the other thing, God bless Heather O'Reilly, raw, raw, Team Dempsey, and I hope your dad has a great time. At JP Shot 12, are you there? Unmute if you are there and tell us where you are. Yes, you have unmuted. And yes, you are there. What's your question? I am here. I am here. <clears throat> tell us where you are. Here from Seattle. Uh, before I ask my question, just a quick shout out to my friend Cameron, who's uh, on his honeymoon in Thailand right now, and will probably be listening to this later. Um, anyway, please God listening to this later, and please God not listening live. That would be that would be probably the top three worst honeymoons ever. If Tyler and God, can I wish you and your listen- partner Tyler health and happiness and joy, and a lifetime of meaning with your new partner. Um, but if you're listening to this amp. Right now, please do not have one of the top three worst honeymoons of all time by listening to this amp. Yeah, he was listening to the uh, the Spurs match earlier, so I think he's, he's probably gone to bed in disgust. So, um, I'm glad so, we got this out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so about a year ago, I asked after PSG bombed out against uh, uh, against Real. I asked you if, the, if you thought there was any possibility that the Qataris might, you know, dispense with the PSG experiment and move on elsewhere. Well, now we obviously have the Manchester United sale. Um, and even though that's technically a different group, quote unquote, you know, it's, it seems like UEFA would probably intervene and, you know, assess that, you know, their ownership is effectively the same, so they wouldn't be able to compete against each other in competitions like the Champions League. So I'm wondering, given that 
you know, we have even more even more evidence now that the PSG experiment is sort of topped out where it is, which is reach, you know, maybe the semifinals of the Champions League before, you know, losing to, you know, a more interested competitor, let's say. Do you think, I mean, is it possible that they, if forced, they might just wash their hands of PSG entirely and move on to Manchester United? Well, that's such a good question. We watched tonight Bayern, such a canny um, tactical performance, really dampening the game in the first half. And then in the second half, believing in themselves, their ability to step up a gear um, and really rip PSG apart, um, particularly when the substitutions came on, uh, Nabry, uh, Mane, PSG were barely hanging on. They looked what they were, which was just, a, I mean, a, a Team Dempsey is probably as well coordinated and, and put together as, as as Team PSG and as well drilled. Um and so it is interesting. And why are Bayern so bloody good? Well, Rory Smith in Tuesday's uh, European Nights talked in depth about Bayern and this season. And you know, Bayern have always, uh, uh, you know, recency bias, but they've tapped out um, in the last couple of Champions Leagues as soon as um, matters became more cutthroat because they were coasting through their league. Uh, when it came to it, high pressure, high intensity, um, high risk reward, they fell short. And this season, I mean, they are in a real Bundesliga uh, title race. And by that, I mean that there is there is a title race um, at all is, is really what I'm referring to. But equal on points right now um, with Dortmund, um, who are just rattling off the wins, uh, almost seeming inevitable since the turn of 2023. Union Berlin, um, have really overperformed um, and been joyous. Our Bay Leipzig, uh, my beloved SC Freiburg, um, have also been sharp and menaces. And you, know, you see that in Bayern's play, steel, sharp and steel. And, um, and then you go to Paris Saint-Germain, where there is almost no threat other than complacency, other than gambling all night. Uh, and and get a McDonald's in the early hours if you're Neymar. Um, other than you know Mbappe jacking the team for really an oversight relationship, Messi, um, you know, full of existential angst in terms of his move, his next move, and ending up having to scatter on a bunch of 17, 18 year olds down the threat to try and chase a tie that was unchaseable. So Paris Saint Germain are a a branding project that is exquisite. You have to credit. I mean, you have to, or I'd say you can do, you have to, you can credit what the Qatari owners have done with Paris Saint-Germain, the brand. They had the vision to take a muddy backwater of um, a club that was deeply underperforming. They took Paris Saint-Germain, they tuned down the Saint-Germain part. They literally upped the font on the logo of Paris. I noticed on CBS, the commentator kept calling them Paris, which was really startling to the ear at first. Um, you know, pulling in the luxury brands of Paris. You know, taking the, If you went to a PSG game 15, 16 years ago, I've said this before a couple of times, you would see fights throughout the game, but not fights between rival fans of the different teams. You'd see fights between 
the fans of PSG, the the black and Arab fans behind one goal, um, the white fascist fans, the skinheads behind another goal, just battling the whole game. That history has been expunged. Um, and it's now a, I mean, it's now the, the Jordan brand. You see the, you see the PSG shirt all over the bloody place. So it's been an incredible branding exercise. Um, but these teams are also, the golf teams are all in an arms race for Champions League glory. Manchester City, it's evaded them. Newcastle will soon be pursuing that. Um, you know, and it will be that race. That is the, the golden ring they're all pursuing. And so I am not in those conversations with Qatari financiers. I do not know uh, what they are thinking. The reality is the money is infinite. Um, the opportunity in Manchester United is great. Do you change horses? Um, do you reload? Do you go again? Um, I mean, God, I, all I can say is I'm trying to rationalize it. God, I hope yeah. not. God, I hope well, not. It just, it, I don't know where you, you are. Like, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it being sort of like an Air Jordan type branding exercise. Well, it's like it is a Jordan like branding exercise, but like they're, they seem like they're stuck in the Washington Wizards mode. You know, it's just like all the, the only kind of talent that they can really attract are either, you know, you know, people who are just nakedly interested in money, uh, you know, which will never put you over the line in a competition like the Champions League or st- superstars that are over the hill. And it's just, you know, and I think that's part, a lot, big part of that is just, you know, there's no exposure at the league level, right? You know, in the in, at their domestic competition. Whereas, you know, if PSG, it seems like the ownership must recognize that at this point, right? And Manchester United, you know, for all of its problems, does not have that problem you know they they play in the biggest league sports league in the world in the premier league god bless you god bless you i'm gonna say as as you're speaking i'm looking at the washington wizards 2002 2003 roster uh with michael jordan there uh alongside kwame brown um brendan haywood larry hughes christian leitner an aging christian or tyron lou they have charles oakley uh, they're Brian Russell on that team. Jerry Stackhouse. All I'd say is, do not do Paris Saint-Germain like that. But that is that is incredible. We will see. I mean, I, I will say this because everyone keeps asking. I, I get we get a lot of emails from Qatari banking advisors saying we've got Qatar all wrong. You know, you should speak to us. We'll fill you in. It's really wonderful what they're trying to do. Um, I, I, I've spoken to a couple. Uh, it doesn't feel like we've got the Qatar that wrong after speaking to them. Uh, but everybody um, who listens to the show often asks, what do I think will happen? And I must say, you know, when I made World Corrupt with Tommy Vito ahead of the Qatar World Cup, um, I really hoped that the Qatar World Cup, going into you know the Australian video, that beautiful video the team made, you know, the armbands that the European teams were going to make, the, then the Danish jersey of protest, uh, you know, the Germans putting their hands across their mouth before they get... I thought it was just going to escalate and escalate and escalate um, and that football was going to have... Football bureaucracy was going to have its reckoning. I feel really dark. I want to say that. I feel really dark after the Qatar World Cup. I feel that football did not have its reckoning. Germany were bounced. Denmark were bounced. Um Protests were silent. The messy narrative kicked in. The world was enthused. Yeah, we there were there was some surreal reality. The Qatari fans were imported and purchased and rented from was it Lebanon? 
you know, the Saudi Arabian team that flared out and fell away. Um, but by and large, I felt like the good guys lost um, in that moment. I'm feeling bleaker and bleaker. And so will Manchester United be taken over? I don't know. People I speak to actually now talking more seriously about United taking on investment from American minority investors. So we will see. But I've, I've come to the position. I don't know where you all are. But if there is a dark option for football, football will embrace that dark. That's why I'm so surprised, to be candid, about FIFA doing a U-turn reported on the Visit Saudi uh, issue. It's the first time that I've seen the powers that be realize they were headed towards an iceberg. They've not done it for moral reasons. I don't know why. Well, I need to know more. I'm trying to dig in and understand it because it definitely is not moral issues. I think it could be because of the humiliation of what Australian, what New Zealand hosts would do, what the leading players would do. But when football can choose a dark option, that's kind of where I am. It's so often, they so often will be. It's Rog here to tell you about a product that I simply adore. It's been a long time staple in the Bennett refrigerator, Stoke cold brew coffee always bold always smooth yes that is the very same stoke as in the mighty wrexham fortress known as the stoke kairas or the stoke Racecourse, wrexham afc's home they support it they support football which is just one great reason to love this coffee it is my go-to enjoy during the football calendar essentially the opposite of Everton and you can check out their full lineup of 48 ounce cold brew products something for everybody from light to dark roast to seasonal favorites in a refrigerated multi-serve format I tell you this as someone whose blood type is now officially Stoke Espresso Blend have the coffee house experience at the comfort of your own home and do it now Stoke cold brew coffee and be sure to follow Wrexham AFC big love to all at Stoke courage If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Last question of the night. On this night of night, Spurs fans particularly, I send you a cuddle. Oh, at Ricky D, who, how you've been so bloody patient. Come on up. Tell us where you are and what's your question. All right. Um, I am uh, currently sitting in the Kansas City suburb of Overland Park. Football um, World Headquarters. Can you smell Peter Vermey's aftershave wafting across the field? Oh, of course. It's good to have him here instead of uh, going to the national team for now, but maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess building, you know, on that last question a bit, um, I, I do love talking about nation state football and how awful it is for the for the world and the fans. I actually I responded to a a, a tweet of you guys during the opening ceremonies of the World Cup. And I had mm-hmm. the one and only Mr. Q respond and took offense, which was a peak <laughs> life moment. You just remind people who Mr. Q is. I know a lot of people have repressed this memory because that's that's quite a boast that you're able to do this. Just remind us succinctly. Who Mr. Q was? 
I mean, he was the like the Robin to Alexi Lalas's Batman when it came to like the hype man of of the Qatar World Cup, which was just I mean, that opening ceremony was I figured to be bad. But like that was crazy, like just propaganda. I mean, it was it was a whole lot. It was a whole lot. So, Mr. Q, dear listeners, you know, it may not remember Fox. Alexi Lalas was not able to hype up Qatar enough. So they imported uh, let these to say on America's top model about um, Nigel Bark, a noted fashion photographer. They brought in Mr. Q, noted um, Qatari influencer. This dude has 5.4 million followers on Instagram. I'm sure all of them are authentic. None of them are bought or purchased. Um, they handed over commentating duties to Mr. Q, who both phoned at the mouth. Um, I actually thought in that moment that he was like Alexi's boss for the World Cup, but I've come to realize Alexi was really Mr. Q's puppet master. But this giant influencer also had time to get into the Men in Blazers GFOP's comments on Twitter right afterwards. He answered, and I'm sure it was him. I'm sure it was him, right? It wouldn't be the team. It wouldn't be the troll farm um, in um, in God knows where, outside of Toronto that they rented. Go into all of our comments, Mr. Q. Always listening, Mr. Q. Always watching. If you're listening tonight, Mr. Q, always good to have you. Great on a triple word score. Um, but you want to talk more about this darkness? It's been quite a dark night. We've done the American investors, we've done the oligarchs, we've done the we've done the golf investment. Why not go go whole hog? What's your question? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I gotta say, uh, you know, I I do love the Qatari-owned boys getting knocked out early again tonight with PSG. I mean, you know, billions have been spent and another knockout in the round of 16 to a team that is really technically majority owned by the fans. And I don't particularly care for Bayern Munich. I'm actually a uh, Erder Bremen supporter in German, but, you know, respect. Um, so I guess on that, you know, you're talking about the the contracts and and the different players, um, you know, what can be expected in the future. So I guess my question is, where do you think that PSG's front three will be next season. I'm thinking Messi to Miami, Neymar on a free transfer directly to the hospital, and Mbappe to the <laughs> Qatari League, where uh, they'll probably just make him an Amir, since I don't think his contract can get much better um, than it already is. In, in his Paris. own golf. Will they give him his own golf? Um, God, yeah. That's such a good question. You know, the Neymar story, I actually ache for him. I really do ache for him when you saw mess uh, when you saw neymar break through it was like watching a manga character come alive on a football field um and i do ache for him um you know speaking to people around him um just the the lack of focus the lack of interest at times just the frittering away of the true potential it feels like that world cup which was meant to i was at the confederations cup the warm-up for the world cup where the Brazilians began their march to destiny. They were going to win that 2014 World Cup. Um, he was incredible in that Confederations Cup. That was where they invented singing their national anthem um, by turning up to 11 and just crying. during. It was so beautiful, the whole nation, just the sense of hope and destiny, religious destiny almost. Um, it's almost like he never recovered from what Germany did in that semifinal. He wasn't playing. He'd been knocked out in the in the game before, had to watch on in agony. And it's that sense of a crown never um, never possessed, a kingdom um, never won, a promised land never entered. 
almost feels humanly to have broken him. Of course, I'm feeling sorry for a man and cynics will say who's made millions, who's partied like um, I can't even imagine and has had chicken nuggets at times that uh, in the morning that I would never even dream of. Um, but God, I just the, the, all I can see is that sense of same with Hammers, by the way, that sense of wasted, transcendent, um, consistent, true wonder. Um, Mbappe. I mean, by the way, what's Harry Kane feeling tonight? Why is Harry Kane feeling tonight? I do not know. Um, I mean, that's going to be a conversation for the rest of the season as he is said to be working on his next Tottenham contract. This man who loves the Spurs, lives for the Spurs. But my Lord, does silverware feel any closer? Does it not feel further away than ever? That land, which under the great Pochettino days felt like you know, an island that had been spied. Glory, glory island, sir. It was just off the prow and they were headed towards it at speed. It's now when you look at it through the Harry Kane telescope, it seems to be getting further and further and further away. Sonny, it's just, I mean, there was a corner tonight that Sonny took. They're just one of the worst. I mean, this was a, a corner that even the US Men's National World Cup squad would have looked at and said, that was a terrible set piece, Sonny. I mean, his sidekick, gone. What must he be feeling? But you asked me about Paris Saint-Germain. Um, you know, the Mbappe thing. I've got, I've got to think, he's 24. He's the leading scorer for PSG already at some incredible clip. The goals feel the same when you are smashing them in um, at that rampant, almost at ease, three-fifths pace. Um, do you dream of more? Do you look at Real Madrid? Uh, do you look at La Liga? Um, and think, you know, I need to fulfill my potential. I need to go. I'm a national asset. Yes, the president of France begged me to stay at PSG. And yes, I did. But now, now I have to go. And in terms of Messi, what do you all think? What do you all think? The Messi MLS stallions. Here's what I'd say. And really, this is a Hercules Gomez question. And I wish he was still on. MLS is in this great moment. Everyone is watching it, not for footballing reasons, but for the future of sports broadcasting reasons. This Apple deal, Apple is an incredible muscle. When you log on to Apple TV, MLS is everywhere. When you go onto your Apple apps, MLS is everywhere in the banners. I do wonder, I have no insight into this. Um, I don't think anyone has insight into this. I think it's proprietary. How many people do you think have actually subscribed to MLS um, on the on the app, I, mean, the, the, I, I believe the season ticket holders at MLS get the get a subscription for free. So, like the Avids, they're not buying it; they're giving it. How many is it? You you all know when you start something, it's a grind. Our YouTube is a bloody grind. We started YouTube late. It's a bloody grind growing that thing. It's no instant anything. And I imagine the Apple thing is a real grind for MLS. MLS needs uh, right now. There's so much talent. There's so much young talent. So much you look around that league, and I see wonder. I see incredible stories all over the place. I see no household names, and that's the thing why there's a renewed effort to grab Messi because Pele coming to the cosmos. Uh, Messi is Beckham times times what do you think? It's not a hundred because Beckham was a cultural force. Uh, but my God, Messi is a sublime, transcendent Jordan. His football is not where it was whatsoever. But my God, the name, the tour, the traveling around, 
The Messi to MLS thing, man, I can see the rationale for MLS. And it's really a heart of Messi. What has he got to achieve? What does he want? What, what options does he really have? Does he want to grind out an Mbappé-less season, going through the motions, the Misha season with PSG? Ricky House, what do you think? What would you do if Lionel called you up on this amp and said, I need the Ricky House opinion? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a tough question for me to answer. I feel like I would defer to Ray Hudson. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it would be, I think, a an interesting time for him to come to the States. I mean, would it be a pseudo retirement looking move? Maybe. But I mean, it's like you said, you know, Miami, it's got a lot going on, assuming that that would be the place that he would go. I mean, we got lucky, <laughs> nearly got lucky last year with maybe Ronaldo coming to Kansas City. So it's it's interesting to think that the league can be on the <laughs> up and up. So funny. <laughs> That's still so funny. Can you imagine being in um, oh, whatever it's called now, Oklahoma Joe's? What do they call it now? They call it something different. Yeah, right? can you imagine Kansas being, City Joe's? Yeah, can you imagine being in Kansas City Joe's just getting your like. Um, getting your burnt ends and just looking over and just seeing Ron Rod just in there, just killing, uh, just killing a, a couple of hours between training, having a burnt end salad. Oh, Godspeed. Yeah, um, I, I love it. Just the notion of Messi and Phil Neville, that one two partnership <laughs> for that reason alone. I don't know if it would be better than uh, yeah, make it happen. Uh, God a speed. Zoolander scene. With with Mahomes and and Cristiano Ronaldo and Graham Zusi all in a convertible. <laughs> oh, the Zusi! Zusi is on that level. God bless in every regard. I adore that great American. It's joyous to be with you in that hot yes, bed of Kansas City. What a way uh, to end it. I do want to end with a toast. A shot of Jägermeister, that bolt of human emotion in a shot glass to a group, the Black Football Partnership, who yesterday issued their annual report. Uh, it's a really hard read. It focuses on the lack of black coaching uh, hired throughout English football. A study by Professor Stefan Szymanski uh, found that the hiring rate for black coaches in England is worse than any other league which makes, quote, career progression more difficult at every level of football. The study said, and this is significant change, and there has been none in black management-related between 2021 to 2023. There were broken rungs at the bottom of the ladder in hitting career progress. There needs to be, according to BFP, uh, a time to get around the table, develop meaningful partnership to achieve change. Miguel Delaney wrote a really thoughtful piece about it all in The Independent. Read it talking about it no one wants to talk about this issue but i will say this no amount of kneeling before games will change anything and it's a serious talk more strategic action to better days ahead for all to joy to be with you tonight it's been a heavy uh series of conversations but a quick reminder about everything we have at men in blazers world headquarters if you haven't heard got a new podcast vamos Presented by Bud Light with the mighty Kirk is dropping tomorrow here on this very pod feed. Do not miss it. Also, right about the time this amp's wrapping up, um, a YouTube version of our Peter Drury interview. My God, that Peter Drury interview has brought so much joy to so many of you, judging from your ravens. Keep sending them to us on 
subscribe to our YouTube channel. Have a look at this Peter Drury piece. He's such a beautiful human being. Peter Drury, amazing man. And this interview, like the man himself, contains multitudes. And coming up this Saturday, a JJ Watt pod special. The only other bloke other than me who comes on our podcast and has 200 career NFL sacks and loves Premier League football. Yeah, apart from that 200 career sack uh, part, we're exactly the same. Do not miss any of it. I love being with you. I'm going to go out in Boston now. Oh, come and have a beer with me, Bostonians. Big, big love, Terry. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami. There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.